Hello, friend, and welcome to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm Jacques Howard, your host. You're listening over WIMG 1300, New Jersey's oldest radio station and a three-time Stellar Awards winner. You can also follow us on Facebook, WIMG 1300, and Twitter as well, WIMG 1300. If you're watching, it's over WPHY, Channel 25, covering Mercer County, New Jersey, through the Verizon Fios network. You can always send me an email, Trenton. The numbers 365 and the word show at gmail.com. Trenton365show at gmail.com. In the studio with me in segment number one is Aaron Bell. Aaron's going to be talking about the nonprofit organization Dawn of Hope. And I'd like to give a big shout out to Sharice Porter, who could not make it tonight. She's actively involved in some other civic engagement efforts. So a big shout out to Sharice, and we'll see you at another time. So, uh, Aaron, welcome to the Trenton365 show. Thank you. I appreciate it, John. Good to be here. All right, fantastic. And I also want to get this out of the way. So Aaron actually traveled into Trenton from Delaware. So a big shout out to uh, Aaron for uh, putting the time in to come and to share about this wonderful nonprofit organization that together we're going to learn a lot about tonight, um, how they're helping and uh, working with men, uh, young men and young girls and even younger folks as well. But Aaron, let's get started and let's talk about, um, you know, your background, where you're from, and then let's jump right into Dawn of Hope, a little history about that as well. Okay, so um, originally from uh, Trent, New Jersey. I actually went to the Ewing schools for hey. a little bit. Uh, went to Blue Ewing Devil High. in the house. Uh, you know, I <laughs> uh, went to Fisher. I appreciate that. Nice. Uh, you know, um, but I spent a lot of my time here with my father, who uh, is passed now, but he worked for the New Jersey Environmental Protection Agency and kept me involved with a lot of the Trenton community settings. Um, born and raised in, um, I was about to say West Philadelphia, but no. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Trenton, uh, but Shallow Baptist Church, you know, uh, grew up under Reverend uh, Woodson and now under Pastor Dow Armstrong. Um, and really just spent a lot of my time, did my after school activities here in Trenton. This is where I got all of my culture. So um, loving it, love loved the community. Um, when I left high school, went to Delaware State University. Um, that is the illustrious, iconic, um, number five now on the HBCU list, Delaware State University. If you don't know, ask about us. Uh, we'll be glad to tell you. Um, shameless plug there. <laughs> but uh, background is in the education. I love dealing uh, with youth, with young adults, um, young men specifically. I have a few uh, mentees out there myself uh, doing really great things. Um, and all it took was a strong, positive voice just to coax them along the side. So, um, you know, I, my passion is, and I always tell people my byline is helping someone get from their original point to their next point of excellence, the next point of greatness. I realized a long time ago, I'm a conduit for excellence, not meaning that I am the powerhouse for it, but I can definitely connect you to the next person to help you get where you want to be and release it. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's not really how the world is. I, I worked uh, for a grant program for a company and you know, if they sewed into you, they wanted to get out, get out, get out. They wanted to put 10%, but get 90% out. My passion is putting you know, 80% uh, in, and maybe the 20% that I'm getting back is you paying it forward to somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, um, my 32 years of being on this earth has been someone or a group of people paying it forward into me. So I, I like that. I like to be able to reciprocate um, what I call that good love, that positive love. Well, we're going to get back into that because I think that that's a dynamic that your opening statement is that. Um, and, we're, and we're going to circle back around to that. But the whole mentality of being a conduit or a connector, which um, isn't something that's actively taught. 
No. Um, and for you to, to make that clear um, just makes a big difference for me. So I'm looking forward to uh, hearing more about that. Um, I'd like for you to chat about the, like you were clear about, hey, I was born in Trenton, I grew up in Ewing, and went through uh, the public schools there, mm-hmm. Fisher, et cetera. So, and this is something that, that I've personally um, am cycling through, because mm-hmm. um, it's the same thing for me. I was born in Trenton, I grew up in Ewing, all the public schools, et cetera. Um, can you just talk about um, what's the passion in you that you said, yeah, I was born in Trenton, but I was, I was raised in Ewing. And the reason why I say that is, is sometimes when people think about Ewing and Trenton or Ewing and Lawrence or Ewing and Hamilton, people always want to make, like, it make it very divisive. Right. I mean, and it is. Uh, I ran into a situation um, first year at Delaware State. And, you know, when you get to college, your first month is finding out who's who, where they're from. And it's good to vibe with people with where you're from. So if mom can't come and pick you up, you know, uh, so and so can give you a ride back and that type of thing. But I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm from Trenton." And they said, "Oh, where?" And I said, "Oh, over on Landing, across from TC and J." And they said, "That's not Trenton. That's Ewing." And I was like, "But it is." And I said, "You know what? I understand because I'm not necessarily from the neighborhood per se. That uh, they like to say, well, you're not from here, then you're not this, you're not that." But I spent all of my time in Trenton. You know, my dad did uh, community uh, work with the Salvation Army with Shiloh Baptist Church, the toy drives on, on uh, Christmas Day uh, for for um, those who were less fortunate. All of my time was spent in Trenton. I just happened to be fortunate enough to go to Ewing schools. And I, I, I'm saying fortunate because I had good teachers, not because it's a uh, superior district. You know, I think teachers... Uh, and this is me being biased because I am a, a, an educator. Teachers make all the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, they don't get enough, cr- enough credit. But, yeah, they, they try to divide it, you know, Lawrence, Trenton, Ewing, so on and so forth. At the same, at the end of the day, we kind of all come from the same line. You know, we're all trying to get to the same point of success. It's more of how we get there. And I don't consider myself any more uh, fortunate or blessed than the next person. Mm-hmm. There are just some opportunities. There's some drive that I had to push myself towards. And there were some things that I didn't take advantage of. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has their own story, and at a certain point, you start creating it on your own. Uh, you fanta- fantastic, Aaron Bell. Spot on answer, man. Um, you know, what I started doing was just, uh, you know, telling people, hey, look, you know, when, when the federal government considers this region, they're talking about what's the largest city. Right. And it's Trenton. Right. So you can be from the boroughs of, of Hopewell and Pennington and Ewing and Lawrence and so forth, but the federal government, they're thinking this is Trenton. Right. So that's that's what I've been doing and, and, and have been for years. It's uh, amazing how many people think back and say, oh, well, all right, well, yeah, yeah, well, I guess so. And you know what? The thing about it is, um, I'm proud to say I'm from Trenton because mm-hmm. of the culture that we have in here. I mean, um, there was a time where we were all growing our hair and, and getting braids, and I had to do that to fit in because I was always the shortest one. But then I didn't like it, so I started getting a little mini dreads. I had to go over to what we call um, the Jamaican part of Trenton, and my sister's hairdresser was twisting my hair in a little dress because my barber couldn't do it anymore. But it was always, you know, the the multicultural events that we had going on. And my dad made sure that we were, both my mom and my dad, made sure that we were always, you know, in those type of events. That we always knew who we were and where we came from and had pride in who we were and who we came from. Mm -hmm. So when people, you know, I would say, oh, yeah, I'm from Trenton. They'd be like, oh, I'm like. What, do you, what what what's what's the problem? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, don't 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 mess with nobody. <laughs> but you know, at the same time, it's it is Trenton makes world takes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Now let's talk about your time at Delaware State, um, and uh, why you chose Delaware State number one, and um, what what was the uh, the initial uh, feeling of going to an HBCU? 
Well, here's the thing. It was between uh, Delaware State and Rowan University. Um, and the, the funny thing about it, and I didn't realize this until years later, was that um, on my very first college tour, um, the fraternity here in Trenton, Kappa Alpha Psi, um, hosted it. And um, I went on this college tour in sixth grade. And I was, um, again, my dad had known the person that was running it at the time and said, look, I know my son is too young, but I need you to take him, you know, on this tour. And it was during spring break. Um, and my dad's resolution was always to see the college or the military. But when you're 18, you're out of my house. So I, I had to decide rather quickly what I wanted to do. But the first school that they stopped at was Delaware State University. And at that time, that was my first exposure to um, an HBCU. Uh, the program that I attended, the SMILE program, or SMILE, yeah, the SMILE program down at um, James Kearney Campus, Mercer County Community College downtown, they always, you know, enforced college, enforced college. And we had uh, representatives from other colleges come out. But my first time stepping on a college campus was actually at Delaware State University. Uh, we went to a slew of other uh, HBCUs. Fast forward, what, six, seven years later, if I did my math correctly, um, I'm walking at I'm walking on campus to Delaware State University again now as a student, and I totally forgot that that's where um, my first college campus uh, orientation was. And when I looked at Rowan and when I looked at Delaware State University, I liked Rowan. It was secluded, a lot like me. Um, I kind of I like to be, you know, in my own space, but I kind of like to be around people at the same time. And um, everything about it said I fit in. When I went to Delaware State University, everything about it said I didn't fit in. I liked that more because it was a challenge. Because mm -hmm. now I was around others who looked like me, who might have came from the same background as I did, who um, thought like me, and that challenged me. Because they you know, weren't thinking on a simple-minded uh, platform, but their thought of excellence, their thought of being, their thought of pride was so superior. I was like, I'm not there yet, but that's where I wanted to be. And I knew that in order to grow, I had to be around people that had already been on the path that I plan on traveling down. So that was important for me. Rowan, I fitted in. Okay, that was great. But I wanted something that I could grow into and outgrow. And the thing that we have about Dell State, our, our phrase is, you know, making our mark on the world. I have colleagues, I have those that have came before me that <clears throat> are working for superstars like Jay-Z and, and Diddy and who are uh, working in the White House, who are working for the um, for top government agencies, who are in the military, who are top teachers, who are uh, the first black principal in their state or in their in their district. Um, we have great representation there. We have entrepreneurs, and that's one thing I also push, you know, amongst young men and young women is be an entrepreneur. It's great to go work for Google. It's better to start your own. Call it whatever you want. Start your own and and. Be greater than that. You know, we don't have um, as strong of, of an identity as we need when it comes to branding and making our own. I asked my students one day, I said, who makes more money? The person who's, uh, um, who's building uh, the suit or the person who came up with the detail and patented? And they said, oh, of course, you know, the person who's building, Tom Ford. Tom Ford's getting paid. Yeah, Tom Ford's getting paid a lot of money. Guess who's getting paid more? Mm -hmm. The person who patented his suit designs. I mean, and when you get out there, that's what they do. When you, um, all these beats that, uh, that, that people are hearing now on the radio, first of all, most of them came out before I was born. I'm 32. So, uh, you know what they say, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. But those people who own those licenses are making more money than the people who are making it hot now. Mm -hmm.
So which one do you really want to do? You know, are you thinking um, wealth or are you thinking legacy? There's a difference. So um, just looking at Dell State, looking at everything that they had, and, you know, it was a good friend of mine that made me open my eyes to it. I said, I don't fit in here, but I want to fit in and outgrow. I want to stretch and I want to grow with these people. I want to see what they know so I can learn more. I, like I said, I never profess to know everything, but I know that when I start a business, when I produce flyers, I reach out to my colleagues. I do, and, and I love it. I love um, their genius. I love their craftsmanship. I love how they can take my vision and say, okay, that's great. This is how I want to enhance it. I like working with um, people who think along the same lines as I do, who want to build along the same road that I want to build on, if not higher, if not uh, better. And if they want to diverge and go, some, go and do something different, that's great. The fact that we're able to team up is great. Like I said, I don't know everything, but she knows how to do graphic design. He knows uh, uh, engineering. Uh, she, he knows computer technology, and she knows um, multimedia uh, publishing. Okay, let's team together. We're going to build this brand. I may be driving it, but while we've gotten it started and while you're putting your people on, on certain edges, you know, we can go and proceed. We can go and uh, produce. And that's what I do. I, I want to produce. I want to produce so that, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, if I ever have kids, they can say, okay, well, dad did this. I don't like it. I want to do something else and I want to do better than him because that's what I want. I want you to be better than me. That's fantastic. So that was an awesome uh, introductory. And, uh, and my guest is Aaron Bell. He's representing the organization Dawn of Hope in Trenton, New Jersey. We're going to be back after a short break. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm Jacques Howard. You can send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com. In the studio with me is Aaron Bell. We just heard a wonderful uh, opening uh, set of remarks about his background, being born in Trenton, growing up in Ewing, uh, his decision to go to an HBCU, um, Delaware State University. And now we're going to transition and talk about his, uh, his professional career as an educator and also as a mentor with the Dawn of Hope program in Trenton, New Jersey. So, I'd like for you to take it off right there and just keep running with it because that was actually a perfect opening. I loved how you introduced yourself and then you transitioned right into what you're passionate about. I mean, and, and the fact that you made it clear that, hey, I'm a conduit. Like, yeah. I'm bringing yeah. stuff in and I'm yeah. distributing it out. Right. So um, I want to hear more about your professional experience. Well, um, professional, like I said, I went to Delaware State. My major there was secondary English education. Um, but while I was there, I did a lot. I was the editor-in-chief of, uh, of the newspaper there. I worked with our on-campus radio station. Um, I was a mascot at, what, at one time, which a lot of people don't know. Oops, <laughs> guess I left that one out. Um, I was involved with a lot, but the thing that really got me was uh, my first professional job was working for a program there that focused on mentoring STEM students, uh, and for those of you who don't know, STEM is science, techni technology, engineering, and mathematics. It's slowly uh, making its way uh, to change into STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Um, but the core of it was mentoring. Uh, we built a mentoring platform. What we wanted to do, we, we saw that our STEM students were not as successful grade-wise as what we needed them to be. They were not um, matriculating to uh, the next level. They were either um, 
going into a, a different major because it was too hard, or they were dropping out altogether. So what, was, what happened was they said, well, we have to figure out how to get uh, in the area STEM, how to get our percentage, which I think at the time was 32% uh, graduation rate in the, STEM, in the sciences, how to, how to boost that up. And they said, well, what would you do? And I said, well, let's look at what they have versus what they don't have. And they had nothing special um, outside of what any other department had. And I said, well, the first thing that was important to me when I came to college was I had people that knew which professors to take, knew which professors were a little bit harder than the others, knew which classes to take and when to take them. Um, and I said, you know what, they need mentors. So let's, let's build some mentors in there. So we got uh, some students who were achieving a 3.0 or above and the STEM sciences who were on the right track. Um, in fact, most of the students had a 3.5 or above. And those 12 to 15 mentors had about 10 to 15 other mentees. And for the first part of the program, it was a, okay, all we want you to do is help them through the process. They're taking the same classes you took uh, with the same professors you took. And let's see if we can, you know, get their grades on track. By the end of the first conduit, it went from a 30, 32% chance of graduation up to a 67% chance of graduation. By the time our grant ended, uh, which would have been by the third conduit, um, I'm sorry, the, uh, the third cohort, the graduation records had came back. We had jumped up to 82%. Wow. All off of giving students you know, what they needed, making sure that they had mentors. And it was then that I said, okay, God, you know, I like doing this, I like doing that. Oh, let's put it into a phrase, mentoring. And I realized that my niche, my key is mentoring. You know, part of, like I said before, being able to uh, get you to one point to the next is mentoring. Uh, in a mentoring relationship, I don't require anything of you. I give you, you know, the information that I have. I figure out where you want to go, how, and, you know, and I help you uh, come up with a plan on how to get there. And this is all coming full circle uh, back to Dawn of Hope. Um, but even one of my uh, mentees now, uh, Greg Jones, who originally started um, at Delaware State University, it wasn't his first choice, but he did. But he came up as a young man. He looked me in my eye. He shook my hands. He introduced himself to me. And then I was like, ooh, there's something about you that I don't see with my other students. I want to feed into it. I said, I don't know what you're doing. Now, mind you, I'm education. So anybody that wants to do education, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's really get you in there. But I had no professional interest in him. You know, there was nothing that he could do to help me out. But I saw what he wanted to do, and I said, you know what, let's push him forward. Let's push him forward. His first semester, 4.0. His second semester, 4.0. Mind you, again, this is in the sciences. This is in algebra, uh, trigonometry, uh, statistics, physics, things of that nature. Um, so all the way up until his the end of his second year at Delaware State University, he maintained a 4.0. That's almost unheard of. Um, and he knows I, I, I like to toot his horn a lot. And then he came to me, he said, well, Mr. Bell, you know, if I stay here, I'm going to have to go to graduate school to finish these classes and get the same degree I could have gotten somewhere else. And I said, well, what are your choices? And he's like, well, Temple has an excellent program. And, he's, and I said, well, apply. He said, well, okay. He applied and he said, well, I got the interview. I said, okay. He's like, but I have no idea how to get there from Delaware to where the interview was somewhere in upstate Pennsylvania. I said, don't worry about it. Took the day off. We took him up to get the interview. He was offered, um, he was accepted that day. He wasn't supposed to hear about it, I think, until sometime after that. But he was accepted that day. 
and they were so amazed at who he was as a person. And he's like, Mr. Bell, you did it. Thank you so much. I'm like, no, I didn't. I didn't do anything. I was merely the vehicle to help you get, literally the vehicle to help you get to that interview. You did everything else. He was, um, I don't remember his rank in the class. I do remember that they did ask him his graduating year and the year after, which I think was this past summer, to come and speak at the graduation service. That's how impressed they are uh, with him. They uh, often fly him back to speak to other uh, uh, students in the engineering field. And bringing this back to Dawn of Hope, that's, I believe, the type of product that Sharice has been been uh, producing for years. Now that we're branching off and doing a young men's uh, version of it, we want to replicate the same thing. We want to help them, um, you know, deal with some of the aggressions, deal with some of the stigmas that they have on everyday uh, basis. Our event coming up next Saturday, um, we'll be focusing on, and it is an event for for just men. So there will be no women. In the building, I think Sharice will have a team of three or four just helping her, you know, set up and break down and things of that nature. But it's going to be men talking to young men. And it's not going to be this typical panel where, you know, if you go to a panel, it's usually the panel driving the discussion. We're going to ask some questions, and we as uh, men are looking to hear from these young men, you know, what are you dealing with? You know, what's really hurting you? This is a safe place. Um, we're not saying, you know, we're going to go ahead and cry. If, if, if you do, then so be it. We're all here for it. But we really want to figure out what we need to get you to your next point of excellence. There's so much brilliance. There's so many uh, uh, great young minds that we have here in the city, let alone in the state, let alone in the, in the, in the county or in the United States. And sometimes all they need is an avenue to pursue what it is that they want to do. And what we realized on the collegiate level is that, you know, you have your niece, your nephew, your son, your daughter. Oh, I'm going to go to, you know, Dell State University. For what? I'm going to be a doctor. And that's all they know. I'm going to go to this school. I'm going to be a doctor. What's missing is the bridge in between the two. So we provide that mentorship to say, okay, well, you know, you want to be a doctor. I need to team you up, maybe not with a doctor right now, but I definitely need to team you up with someone who's getting into med school right now so that they can help you through your undergraduate experience. Same thing on the high school level. Um, I'm not going to say which school, but I walked into um, a school the other day, and they, you know, their phrase was, we're going to help you get your high school diploma. And that's great, but that can't be the stopping point. Mm -hmm. that, exactly. that, that, that honestly can't even be the pause. We have to press into college, and everybody's like, oh, college isn't for everybody. And you're absolutely right. But we all know that if you go and you own a business one day, um, I had a friend who has a very successful uh, business, and he never went to college because his, his skill, his craftsmanship was so great that out of the door before he graduated high school, he was getting offers here, he was doing jobs there. He was bringing in, I think he said roughly about $42,000 a year on something he was doing part-time. So when he made it a business, you know, we were talking one day, you know, over drinks, and he's like, I can't figure out how to do this, and my accounts are messed up, and now i got to pay this in taxes. And... He said, I wish I had gone to college to learn that because now I have to pay somebody else to do it. Well, you know, let's, let's bring this back um, because I, I know that you and I could, we could probably sit for hours yeah. and get into a, a lot of deep, uh, heavy conversations um, and, and theories. Um, but I, I want to bring it back and talk about Dawn of Hope Trent. I know that there's a young men's event that's happening mm -hmm. uh, February 24th, Saturday, February 24th at 
Mercer County Community College, James Kearney campus. Yep, the campus um, right downtown. But let, briefly, let's talk about that, and then let's go back and talk about the organization. So um, with that, as I was saying, we are looking to build, to bring in young men, starting with, I'm going to mess up. I want to say starting with, no, starting with seventh grade on up from seventh, eighth uh, on to high school. We do have some college students come in, and really, um, we just want to talk. We want to talk and we, we want to figure some things out. You know, they, the young men have the talking piece. We want to provide, okay, this is a resolution. You're dealing with anger because, you know, you have so much responsibility at home. These are some possible alternatives. The alternative I don't want you to get into is um, gang violence. The alternative I don't want you to get into is doing anything destructive to yourself, to others, or to your future dream. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to help you make good decisions that will last you the next 10 years. Um, I heard T.D. Jake say one time, you know, your next 10 decisions will last you your next 10 years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are, there are some things that I'm dealing with today that had I made the, the better decision 10 years ago, it'd be a different outcome now. So, um, again, it's, it's being that conduit of information, being that conduit of, hey, I understand what you're going through. Hey, you know, um, I was raised in this type of household, so on and so forth. We really just want to be there, talk with the young men, and hopefully give them an outlet. And furthermore, give them a link to, hey, I can talk to this person. This person knows where I'm coming from. Everybody that's on our panel, um, although uh, most of them are educators and I believe they're all degreed, um, they all have significant stories. You know, I didn't just, or we didn't just pick Joe Schmo from out of it. Everyone that's there has an expertise and has a willingness to give freely. You know, and that's what we want. We wanted a willingness to give freely, and a lot of people will jump up at the opportunity to talk to youth. But as um, as an uncle, as a godfather, and as an educator, I don't let anybody around my babies. Mm-hmm. You can't. You, I I can't. As a man, I can't just have anybody in my house around my kids, around my students. I got to know that you mean them good, and that no harm will come from it. Mm-hmm. Now, Dawn of Hope as an organization, uh, briefly, what's some history about it, and how can people find out more about the organization? Yikes. So, um, <laughs> this part is going to kill me for. Um, I know we're definitely building a Facebook page, or I'm in the midst of building a Facebook page. But you can uh, reach out to Sharice uh, Porter or myself to find out more information. Uh, she is in all of the local schools for young women, and we're working on all the local schools for young men, uh, an after school program. And we're not a, we're going to play Xbox or PlayStation or play basketball type after school program. Again, I want to. We want to enrich you. We want you to leave our space better than what you came, and to have it stick with you. You know, um, we all know we eat Chinese food. We feel like we eat a whole bunch of Chinese food, and it's just like where to go. It's not in our stomachs. We're not full. You eat soul food. That stuff sticks on your on your ribs. We want to give them something that's going to stick on their ribs and last, so that hopefully they can reciprocate it somewhere else in a positive manner. Fantastic closing there, Aaron Bell. Dawn of Hope, thank you for a couple minutes of your time here on the Trenton thank 365 Show. Me. Absolutely. And I can't wait for you to come back Anytime. because I, 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 I want to sit down and talk with you a little bit more about the program, but also hear more about your personal story. I really appreciate you coming Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Anytime. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. You've been listening and watching the Trenton 365 Show. I'm Jacques Howard, your host. You can send me an email, Trenton365Show at gmail.com. Have a great night.